No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see how Noah and his family endured the trial of the ark and were brought to safety. We pick it up in Genesis chapter 8. Hope you'll join us for Simply the Bible. Noah and his family and all the animals were safe in the ark when the flood came. And the waters prevailed on the earth for 150 days until all flesh outside the ark was destroyed. We pick it up in Genesis chapter 8. Then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters subsided. What does it mean that God remembered Noah? Had he forgotten about him? God says in Isaiah 49:15, "Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you." The Hebrew word for remembered means to call to mind. The Lord called to mind his covenant with Noah, that if he would build the ark, then God would save him and his family. Likewise, you can count on God to remember you, even when you are going through great trials. Sometimes it seems that he is forgotten, but he can never forget his children. The Bible says our names are inscribed in the palms of his hands. Almighty God orders the forces of nature. He commanded the rain to fall and the fountains of the deep to break apart to judge the world And after this work was done, he commanded the wind to pass over the earth to restore it. The Hebrew word for wind is the same word for spirit in Genesis 1-2, where it says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. In a sense, the wind blowing was the recreation of the world after the flood's destruction. Likewise, God may bring afflictions to destroy our old life of the flesh. But when his work is complete, he is quick to send the wind of his spirit to restore us to a new life in the spirit. Verse 2, The fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were also stopped, and the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters receded continually from the earth. At the end of 150 days, the waters decreased. The waters continued to recede, but where did they go? Probably into the oceans and subterranean storehouses, not to mention water loss due to evaporation. Verse 4, Then the ark rested in the seventh month, the seventeenth day of the month, on the mountains of Ararat. Exactly 150 days or five months had passed since the flood began. This is evidence that they used a 360-day calendar. We know that the Babylonians had a 360-day calendar all the way up to the time of Daniel. It is interesting that the ark rested on the 17th day of the seventh month, which is the same day when Jesus rose from the dead. As entering the ark points to the salvation we have through the cross, 
The ark resting points to the rest we have through the empty tomb. We rest from the fear of death, knowing that we have resurrected life through our faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 6. So it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Then he sent out a raven which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. I love this little phrase, it came to pass, because, you know, it doesn't matter what we go through, as difficult as it may be, it will come to pass. Well, as a scavenger, the raven that Noah sent out would have gone out, and, of course, ravens feed on corpses. So there would have been plenty of those after the flood. It kept going back and forth, until it didn't return anymore. By this, Noah knew that the raven had a place to land and the waters had dried up from the earth. Verse 8, He also sent out from himself a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot, and she returned into the ark to him, for the waters were on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and drew her into the ark to himself. And he waited another seven days. And again, he sent the dove out from the ark. Then the dove came to him in the evening and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth. And Noah knew that the waters had receded from the earth. So he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, which did not return again to him anymore. Now, because a dove does not eat carrion, she would have to wait until there was enough vegetation growing to support her life. The dove is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. As the dove came back and rested on Noah's hand, so the Holy Spirit seeks those who will receive him, that he may rest upon them. What peace this heavenly dove brings to those on whom he rests. Verse 13, and it came to pass in the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, that the waters were dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and indeed the surface of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dried. Noah removed the covering of the ark on Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, the Jewish New Year, which would later be commemorated by the blowing of trumpets. After 314 days cooped up in the ark, we can only imagine how it must have felt for Noah and his family to remove the covering and see land. I don't know if they had noisemakers, but I'm sure it was a happy new year for everyone on the boat. Verse 15, Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every animal, every creeping thing, every bird, And whatever creeps on the earth, according to their families, went out of the ark. 
It is interesting that God told Noah to go out of the ark as though he were inside with them. Truly, God had never left Noah, just as he never leaves any child of God. For he has promised, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I would imagine that there were days when the storms were fierce. The ark was rocking and bobbing and the animals were restless and noisy. There were probably times when nerves were shot and everyone was on edge. If we get that way in ordinary times on solid ground, think how they must have felt being cooped up in the ark for a year. But God had never left them. I think that we can get through most anything if we truly take to heart that God is with us. If God is with us and God is for us, then what difference does it make who or what is against us? As David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. It is interesting that one week in advance, God told them the exact day that the rains would start. But God never told them in advance when their journey would end. Many times, God puts it on our heart to start something. He opens the door, provides the resources, and gives us the faith to go do it. But then our ship starts getting tossed to and fro. Everything is difficult. It may even feel like all things are against us. Just remember that he who began the good work in you will bring it to completion. Whatever he told you to do, just keep faithfully plugging away until he gives you new orders. My pastor used to say that when all is said and done, it seems like the people God uses are the ones who just keep showing up. Keep showing up and God will use you. Personally, I can tell you that preparing for and doing this radio program has been a tremendous challenge for me. I have asked everyone I know to pray for me because of it. So if you're listening, please pray for me. It finally dawned on me that we have a real enemy who doesn't want people understanding God's word, for it is our offensive weapon against Satan. But through it all, I am aware that God is with me and that if I remain faithful, he will bring to completion the good work that he has started. So I will keep plugging away until God gives me new orders. Now I think that after Noah removed the cover, looked outside and saw the dry ground, it would have been easy for him to assume that they could now get out of the ark. But Noah waited on the Lord. And God had them remain there 56 more days in the ark. Those 56 days must have seemed like an eternity. But Noah waited for the Lord to tell him to move out of the ark. 600 years of walking with God had taught Noah the wisdom of not getting ahead of the Lord. We read in Isaiah 28, 16, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, whoever believes will not act hastily. We must train ourselves to always seek Jesus Christ, our cornerstone, in all that we do. He is our sure foundation. Apart from Him, we can do nothing, but we can do all things through Him 
who strengthens us. If we truly believe in him, then we won't act hastily. Rather, we will wait upon him in faith to order our steps. I can't imagine what rejoicing there must have been when everyone finally walked on dry ground. What would you have done? Kiss the ground? Dance with your wife? Climb a tree? Or maybe just take in the sweet-smelling air? Next week, we will see the first thing that Noah did when they exited the ark. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. Join us next week as Noah and his family begin a new life in a new world under God's new promise, right here on Simply the Bible.